Welcome to the Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. It is going to be college football season in a matter of weeks. We're down from this day. As we are recording, we are down to about 17 days until week zero begins. In case you haven't noticed, we have a brand new podcast feed for all of our podcast, uh, for all of our college podcast content. Big Bets on Campus, which debuted at number 12 on the iTunes sports charts this week. It is hosted by Colin Wilson and Stucky, the same great college football podcast they always used to do on the Action Network feed, only now it's a brand new feed, Big Bets on Campus. Everyone go check it out. I think we'd be remiss, even though the favorites is, tends to be focused on the NFL and Simon Hunter is going to be coming on uh, for the second episode we do this week, along with Chris Raybon, but we got to do a little bit of college um, because eventually some of these college guys are going to be in the NFL. You want to know what you want to know right now before it gets too late. Colin Wilson, Pig Suey. Woo! Woo, Pig Suey. <laughs> Woo, Pig Suey, Chad. Uh, win total of five and a half at 5.6. I-, I hope Arkansas can make a bowl. We were a three-win team that made the Texas Bowl, and COVID canceled it because of TCU. I hope there's no COVID. I hope these vaccination rates go way up for these teams, and we don't have any issues whatsoever this fall. What am I supposed to do with college football, Colin? Why is it going to be any different than Clemson's the best, Ohio State's the best, Alabama's the best, Oklahoma's the best, Georgia's the best? Give me something to root for season long that is not about those four or five teams. If you want that kind of drama, then you have to go to the group of five. But, I, you know, I, I think Stucky and I both agree on our podcast that Georgia and Oklahoma is going to be the national championship game. These are the teams that don't have any turnover in their coaching staffs. These are the teams that don't have turnover uh, at the quarterback position. All the other big blue bloods do. Uh, and I, I hate to say it, but we've turned into the NBA. We used to joke when we started podcasting five years ago, we knew the Warriors would be in the finals. We knew it for nine months. And now college football has turned into a sport where six teams can win the national championship. I mean, we're still looking at only 10 teams that have ever, 10 programs have only ever made the college football playoff. It's, it's really, uh, this is a season where Cincinnati is going to be probably the best group of five to ever play in the college football playoff era. And they'll have no chance, even beating Notre Dame, they'll have no chance to make the playoff. Well, well, let's talk about that for a second. A, I love Cincinnati being great. I love it because in a lot of ways you could argue Luke Fickle, who's the coach at Cincinnati got totally screwed at Ohio state, right? Because he had to manage that team for a shitty period of time in the program's history. And instead of getting real consideration to eventually be the head coach at Ohio state, it's clear to him that he's not going to get that. So he goes to Cincinnati and has turned a mediocre, moribund program that would be good every fourth or fifth year into a group of five juggernaut where people are all of a sudden saying they, they are the tip of the spear on the argument for expanding the playoff to get teams like Cincinnati into it. Good for him. Good for Cincinnati. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think Cincinnati is a team. If you, you're not going to get one of these teams in unless you have two win conference champions. And and I think the bar was uh, really the playoff committee 
set the bar when they said Alabama as a one loss at large will get in above an Ohio State with two losses. So I think if we're looking down the line, I think Cincinnati can go undefeated. I think they can win their conference. I think they can beat Notre Dame. They have two shutdown corners. Desmond Ritter's explosiveness was off the chart last year, but I really am interested to see if Michigan fires Jim Harbaugh at the end of this season. And Luke Fickle is the head coach of, Mich- of Ohio State's biggest rival. That would be heck of a storyline. Ooh, God, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? I listened to um I listened to the Big Bets on Campus podcast this past week. It was the uh Big Ten episode, and it's brilliant. And and you guys talked a lot about Michigan, a lot about the luster of that brand name, how it's influencing the season win totals for that team. Break down the Michigan the reality for Michigan and what you see versus what bookmakers tend to see and how they post the number and what the discrepancy is. Yeah, that's, that's a real problem for Michigan is that they're in a very heavy betting state. So there's going to always be an appetite for the Wolverines. And then there's just this class of alumni and fan that grew up on Michigan football and still thinks that they're national title relevant or that they're even conference relevant and they're not you've got quarterback play has just been in the dumps Milton uh, last year had more way more turnover worthy plays than actual big time throws he moves on some of their other skill talent has moved on you know the running back went to UCLA now we've got a Cade McNamara kid that's played one game looked okay we've got Bowman coming in from Texas Tech it's it's kind of a mess, and I think it starts at the top because Harbaugh went and got Josh Gaddis as his offensive coordinator after having this amazing season for Alabama. He was the next coming of all offensive coordinators. What we thought we were going to get with Josh Gaddis is what we got with Joe Burrow uh, down at LSU that season, and it just never happened for Gaddis on the defense. Meanwhile, the I'm sorry, it just never happened on the offense. Meanwhile, the defense continues to get torched. Uh, they're switching schemes. There's players, you know, coming in that is just not up to the recruiting talent that they've had in the past. So I think Jim Harbaugh's due for another six, seven win season, uh, a bowl that Michigan fans don't want to be in, but yet the odds makers set this total at seven and a half. Why? Because they know they're going to get over money all day on seven and six and a half. It's just a team in a state where there's heavy amount of betting where you can't set an actual number if it's lower. Is Harbaugh a fraud as a coach? I he wears on he wears thin on on players, and that's what happened with the Niners. And the the Niners players are like, listen, I'm a pro. I don't need this shit. You're up in my face all the time, and and you know you grind on me. And that's just how he is a coach. Now you can get away with that at the college level. These are kids. They're in and out of the program in three years, but. The fan base, I think, is a little tired of some, you know, why are we hanging back with the the, the Joes of the Big Ten? Uh, why are we having problems with some of the bottom seller tens? We, we're not challenging Ohio State anymore. We're, you know, the, the discrepancy is getting larger between us and the Blue Bloods of the conference. We haven't made a college football playoff. We haven't sniffed the playoff. Uh, you know, it's really up to the boosters, the fans and the alumni about how they feel about one of their own, because, you know, what's going to happen once they fire Harbaugh, we got to go out and get a Michigan guy. And if we don't get a Michigan guy, it's going to be Rich Rodriguez. All By the over. way, it's a Michigan man, not a Michigan. a Michigan guy. I forgot Michigan fans think that they invented the cocktail. Yes. A Michigan man. I, it, it, it's who you're going to go get. Right. And if there's no one there that has Michigan ties, then here we are, you know, running in the same circle. Wow, that would be fascinating at the end of the year if Luke Fickle has the opportunity to go take Michigan. 
Is there any chance someone like Luke Vickle says, I'm pretty happy at Cincinnati and doesn't attempt to take a Michigan job? Or is the way college football is going, and especially with Oklahoma and Texas now headed for the SEC, coaches are going to, there's even more of a premium on those power five schools because that's the only way you're going to get a chance to play for a national title. It's, it, it's a big balance between what are your career aspirations versus your comfort and life, right? Luke Fickle's, you know, Ohio, just his entire career and his love of Ohio can, cannot be said enough. But at the same time, if a team from the SEC is drawing just tons of money and they're throwing tons of money at you to come to their program, you obviously have to make a decision to go. Why Matt Campbell's never left Iowa State? I have no clue. They 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 have a ceiling on them from a win total perspective, from national expectations perspective, and the more that he doesn't make the college football playoff or win the Big Twelve, then he's going to be letting fans down. Even though they've only had three nine win seasons in program history since the eighteen nineties, so these coaches like Fickle and Matt Campbell, at some point they've got to gravitate to where the money is. And if you have career aspirations, I mean, we all do in the field that we're in, we want to do better and climb that ladder. Cincinnati and Iowa, Iowa state are not final destinations. I don't really feel the need to climb the ladder anymore. <laughs> we are the top of the ladder. We I'm like, I'm like standing on a rung that doesn't even exist. Colin, there's nothing left for me to climb. Anything from here on out is just kind of showing off. Um, you mentioned Iowa State, mm. that program, that team. Outside of the ones we mentioned, another program that has huge upside this year. Yeah, they do. And I think what we mentioned on the Big 12 podcast was there's a ceiling to this team. And I listen, I, I'm not a hater of Iowa State. I'm not a hater of Matt Campbell. but And they run this beautiful offense that integrates two tight ends, three tight end sets, lots of motion, going to confuse you. And Brock Purdy wins everybody bets in October. That's great. But you're still going to three overtimes against Northern Iowa. You still haven't beat Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Uh, you're losing to a group of five schools in September. And I think we have to remember that as loaded as this team is, as talented as this team is, there's still just three stars, maybe a four-star, like Brees Hall was a four-star in there. And when you go up against an Oklahoma team uh, that is just chock full of five stars and four stars, I think I said this in the podcast that Iowa State since 2017 has had three recruits that have been four stars. And that time, Oklahoma's had 84 five and four star athletes come through the program. So there's only so, I mean, I love the players and they're fantastic. And, and Brees Hall should be mentioned for Heisman, but I'm sorry, but there, there's just a huge gap in talent. All right. So you mentioned Heisman and I do want to get to Heisman. Uh, but before we do that in, in order of operations here, here's how I want to lay out what we're going to do over the next 15 minutes. I want you to give me the best future value right now for making the college football playoff. Number one, I have five questions. You will need to answer them. Best future value for making the college football playoff right now. Oklahoma. Why? So Oklahoma has the path of least resistance. If you look at some of these other teams, Clemson and Georgia play each other at the beginning of the season. One of them has to lose. Uh, and that means that they have no room for error in the rest of their schedule. Remember what I said, the college football playoff does not like two loss teams and they've proved it before. It doesn't matter if you win your conference. 
So with Clemson and Georgia, one of those is automatically going to have a big mark, big strike against them. Alabama breaking in a new quarterback, new offensive positions. This team that we saw last year might have been the best in college football history. Uh, a 10 game SEC schedule just flew through it like there was no tomorrow. Uh, but they're breaking in a new quarterback. Ohio State is also breaking in a new quarterback, but I would say that their schedule isn't as tough. But Oklahoma, best wide receiver unit in the nation, uh, one of the top three offensive lines, top three defense in the nation, and Spencer Rattler, who's leading the odds for to win the Heisman. There's just not enough defense on this schedule to stop them from getting to the playoff. And keep in mind, like they can chuck a game because of the way it's set up in the, in the big 12, it's round Robin. So you can lose a game and you're fine. All you have to finish is top two in the, in in the conference and play for the conference championship. And listen, Alex Grinch, we said this on our podcast on action network three years ago, Alex Grinch, after he gets a couple years under his belt, this defense that was in the Rose bowl with Baker Mayfield was just a bunch of lawn chairs and statues standing out there in Pasadena And once Alex Grinch comes in, they're going to be loaded with havoc and chaos. And last year they finished top 20 and that's not going to stop. This Oklahoma defense is for real. All right. So uh, Simon Hunter just joined us. Uh, I do want to give him a chance to ask any questions. If he has any, Uh, Simon was delayed for a dental appointment and it is just very brave of him generally to be able to get on the podcast uh, and join us right now. Simon. Hello. Hello, Chad. Hello, Colin. We're stucky. By the way, <laughs> fuck if I know. I just slacked him. Like, where the fuck are you? Unbelievable, man. I was looking forward to seeing him and Colin. Now, well, at least we got the better one, right? The smarter one, I should say. We definitely got show. we got the more eloquent one for sure. Um, <laughs> well, no, I've listened to the show, man. I love it. You guys are. I just love. Um, it's fun hearing what all what different pros think and view. And it's awesome when you line up with other people I trust. And I'm just like, okay. So not that I'm like loading up, but I, I am kind of. I just got the itch. You know what it is. It's football season. So I, I, I definitely enjoyed your guys' new show. And uh, I know Matt Mitchell's loving. What are you guys, top 10 now uh, on the rating board? Wait wait till we tell the world about what we think about Western Kentucky. Once we do, I, I'm sure <laughs> we'll be top three in the nation of podcasts. I love Simon is such a professional. He comes on a mouthful of Novocaine and just plugs <laughs> the new podcast and shines on Matt Mitchell. And now a word from our friends at FanDuel. Baseball returns to its roots on August 12th when New York plays Chicago in the cornfields of Iowa. Make the most out of this historic game with FanDuel Sportsbook's $5 field of dingers. Just bet $25 on a same game parlay with at least three legs to unlock a $5 bonus for every home run hit during the game. For example, today I'm going to bet Joey Votto did a home run. Luis Castillo to have three plus strikeouts and the Reds to win. So lock in your parlay and be a part of history on August 12th. If you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, new users can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and use promo code favorites so they know we sent you. That's promo code favorites. Must be 21 or over and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only for risk-free bet. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Minimum bet $25, maximum bonus $35. 
Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and Virginia. Or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Let's get back to the show. All right. My first question, longest odds to make the colorful playoff, the value you like, you like Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Give me the season win total over Ooh. that you love the most right now. Any conference, group of five, power five, doesn't matter. UCLA over seven. I, I compared this in the Pac-12 podcast to like a buffet. I keep going back to the buffet and I want to eat this and I want to eat that and I want to eat this and I want to eat that. And those two teams are Utah and UCLA. And I'll stick with UCLA on the win total because Utah, I think, is going to win the Pac-12 South. They host UCLA. But year four for Chip Kelly, uh, we have the highest retention. Now, and think about this. UCLA always recruits at an extremely high level with Chip Kelly. And so does Texas A&M. But Texas A&M has like 30% retention rate of all the recruits that they brought in. UCLA has retained 70%. They've completely taken advantage of this super senior rule. Their defense returns everybody, which is kind of a good thing and a bad thing. They couldn't stop the rush. So hopefully that improves a little bit. But Dorian Thompson Robinson can score on any play on any yard marker. And yes, I know about the turnovers and I know that he can be volatile at times. But what people aren't paying attention to this year is they went out. Chip Kelly went out and got San Jose State's passing game coordinator. And he said, passing game coordinator from San Jose state. Yeah. They turned that program around. Remember San Jose state was like undefeated and Nick Starkle was dropping bombs on everybody late at night. And people were like, who the hell is San Jose state? Well, the passing game coordinator is now the quarterback's coach for UCLA, Ryan Gunderson, former Broyles award nominee. And if he can trim down uh, just some of the mistakes and the inconsistencies that DTR has, UCLA is a major player in this. Uh, I think absolutely they're a contender in the South, and I'll take over seven any day. UCLA comes up so infrequently when we talk about college football these days. The fact that a team from the Pac-12 would be a contender, do you think if if they put DTR in a better position to take care of the ball, this is a team that can contend in the Pac-12 and potentially contend for a college football playoff? I mentioned it on our Pac-12 podcast. Should be out this week on on uh, Big Bets on campus? And uh, I think Stuck shot it down immediately. Like, national contention for a Pac-12 team? No way. There's a lot of talent, especially in this Pac-12 South. And a lot of people want to point to USC, but I don't think the Air Raid, they have their problems. Uh, Utah and UCLA are... Heavily, heavily talented. Lots of uh, lots of defense from the Utah perspective. Arizona State too. The problem with Arizona State is just this cloud, these recruiting violation cloud that's that's hanging over them right now. And the question comes out every year: Can they be in the national title picture? I think Oregon takes a step back. Uh, you know, not to blow the podcast that we. I'm under Oregon at nine wins. Uh, too many changes. I don't like the defensive coordinator move. Anthony Brown is going to be their quarterback. They're going to get walloped by Ohio State in, in week two. So your best chance of being nationally relevant is going to come out of the South. And to me, that's Utah and UCLA. All right. Next question. Your favorite, I have a feeling I know the answer to this. Your favorite under for all 120 something college football teams. Mm-hmm. Under is the first bet I put in this season was uh, back in uh, March. I think during March Madness, these numbers started coming out. 
And it didn't matter if it was the East Coast or West Coast. I was hitting this as many places as I could until I got shut down by one book. And that's Notre Dame under nine. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I had the state right. I had the team wrong. I, you thought I was going to go Indiana. And, I and, did. And listen, Indiana had a kind of a, a rabbit's foot up their ass last year. And, and maybe that'll stay. There are some redeeming qualities that they have. But Notre Dame, on the other hand, is going through everything you want to look for when it comes to an under. They're defensive coordinator who is just can work magic uh clark lee he is now the head coach at vanderbilt so they now have a new defensive coordinator marcus freeman and marcus freeman's a great recruiter but that doesn't help now and he's going to change the scheme to a 335 over a 425 uh so you have a ton of production that's been lost on both sides of the ball ian book is not there anymore Jack Cohn from Wisconsin is now the quarterback, but he's more of like a game manager. It's not really an explosive quarterback whatsoever. They don't have any explosiveness or experience on the outside. Uh, their main passing plays are going to be to a tight end dump over the middle. Uh, they lose some of their great offensive linemen. And if you look at their offensive coordinator last year, brand new Tommy Rees, uh, upped their rushing rate. Like they jumped up to one of the highest rush teams in the nation, like army level, like 65%. So they're not going to pass the ball that much. They don't have any explosiveness on the outside. Jack Cohn, I've seen enough out of him from Wisconsin to know that this is not a 10 win team. Defense is undergoing a schematic change and they lost some of their best tacklers. So Notre Dame under nine with that schedule, I'll take it all day. Well, I'll tell you what they do have, Chad. Plugging away here. The volume has their own thing called uh, Inside the Garage. It's uh, a podcast of the Notre Dame guys. I actually checked it out. You're breaking my heart because I wanted to bet they're over because I like the dudes on the show. That's heartbreaking, but there's no friendship in gambling. Like I said, I bet against my own favorite team. So if, if Colin's saying I got to bet that under, I'm, I'm going to take that under. Simon, are you only coming on today to plug? Is that That's like, that's your role in the podcast today. I'm selling out so hard right now, Chad. It's unbelievable. Maybe it's the Nova King. You might be right. Let me leave you the, with this, Simon. So Clark Lee was their defensive coordinator, and he's from the school of Mike Elko. Mike Elko, who's at Texas A&M. Before Mike Elko and Clark Lee were at Notre Dame, that's when they had their four and eight season. And it was just an absolute, I mean, they just fell off a cliff and it was because of defense. And now here they are without either Mike Elko or Clark Lee. All right. Two more questions for you. The next question. Last question will be about the Heisman. The next question. Give me the four teams that will be in the college football playoff. I'm going to go with Georgia and Oklahoma in the national championship game. So that leaves two other spots. One is going to be Ohio State. There's just not a lot of resistance in that conference. If you look at Penn State's schedule, it's brutal. I mean, even if they were to beat Ohio State, there's still two losses on that schedule. Uh, so Ohio State shouldn't have any problems. Maybe challenged by Wisconsin in the, in, the, in the Big Ten championship. But Ohio State, I'm going to take as the third team. And then the fourth team outside of that. You're really looking at an Alabama team that should possibly lose to Georgia in the SEC championship, as I'm predicting, or a Clemson team that may lose to Georgia in the very beginning. So the fourth to me is an extreme wild card. The one thing I do know, it's not going to be Cincinnati, which is going to be really upsetting to me after they beat Notre Dame and have the schedule to be there. So I'm just going to go with Alabama as an at-large into the spot. Uh, the committee has proven before they like brand names, they like TV ratings, and and you, they're going to take that over a one-loss Pac-12 champion. They're going to take Alabama as a one-loss team any day. So that that'll be my that'll be my college football. Player. I did not expect you to say Georgia and Oklahoma in mm -hmm. the finals. That would be nice for Georgia. They've had some hard luck, and it was it's starting to feel like they will forever be a great team 
that gets forgotten because they play in the same era as Alabama. So they, they need a year like what you're talking about to, to crack through and have that legacy memorable status. The big, the big difference for Georgia that everybody needs to realize is that Todd Munkin is their offensive coordinator now, and they aren't afraid to pass on first down with JT Daniels. That's the problem with Georgia in the past. They were living college football 15 years ago when it was all about rush on first down, second down, third down. We're going to pound the rock. That doesn't work in college football anymore. Last question. I'm going to bet who's going to win the Heisman. You mentioned Spencer Rattler. You mentioned Brock Purdy. Uh, give me your best future value to win the Heisman Trophy. And it's uh, it's going to be tough to be Spencer Rattler. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at the history of the Heisman Trophy and the voters, OU players continue to win this. And remember, after you win a Heisman, you get a vote. So the, the base of voters continue to expand as, as OU voters. So uh, it's hard to go past Spencer Rattler and what he has. But if I had to throw... Uh, somebody out there, Casey Thompson at Texas, uh, I, I believe what Steve Sarkeesian's doing out down at Texas is going to pay off. It's going to be huge. He's setting a new culture, completely different than what Tom Herman. But for Casey Thompson to win that for Texas, they've got to win the Big 12. And I don't think that's possible. So I will point to a team that I think can absolutely win uh, their conference championship. And that's North Carolina and Sam Howell. What Sam Howell has been able to do since the day that he was a freshman has shown that he's NFL ready. He, he has an NFL arm, uh, and we're going to find out this year because he loses a couple of explosive weapons that are now in the NFL, but I don't think it's going to matter. Mac Brown has recruited just fine. They're going to put up serious numbers. They're not going to face Clemson until the last game of the year, right before the Heisman voters have to get that ballot submitted. Uh, if I had to take a shot outside of Spencer Rattler, it would be Sam Howell. And that's who I bet for number one pick. I love doing that bet too. Like future bets using me number one pick. I bet him as well. Yeah. I just, I love, like I watch his tape. I love that kid. I say him to me is the highest ceiling right now for any of these kids coming out next year in the draft. A little added bonus for the draft, just for people to get primed. Colin Wilson, you are saying Oklahoma will be the longest, the best future value to make the college football playoff. You like Georgia and Oklahoma. Alabama and Ohio State in the college football playoff. You like Georgia and Oklahoma to play in the national title game. You think Spencer Rattler is most likely to win the Heisman, but Sam Howell is a good long shot. You love the UCLA over. You hate, you love the Notre Dame under. Everybody who needs more in-depth conversation about everything related to college football, the best college football podcast on the internet machine is Big Bets on Campus with Colin Wilson and Stucky. The new Pac-12 episode is out right now. Go download, go follow, go subscribe, go rate, go review. It's the bestest, and it's proven by its ranking in the iTunes podcast charts. This has been The Favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download it from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until Thursday, we've got Chris Raybon and Simon Hunter talking NFL. Check it out. Love you. (laughs) 